You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Uh, we are um, uh, continuing in our in our series that uh, that I've entitled sort of tongue in cheek. What's the point? Uh, and uh, uh, examining um, uh, what is the uh, rationale or what might be the rationale uh, behind uh, um, any or all of the commandments uh, in the Torah, um, under the presumption that uh, that that a good and uh, and moral God uh, would not uh, capriciously uh, uh, assign commandments uh, uh, to people, uh, and though there may there certainly are commandments that uh, that that we celebrate as being um, uh, perfectly reasonable, um, and uh, and we're, we're glad that those are elements of the tradition. Right? We're proud that our tradition, you know, stands against murder, uh, but uh, um, it is taking the bold stance. Um, but uh, we're proud uh, that our tradition uh, is uh, is an advocate uh, for for peace in in, in various ways and forms um, those are all uh, um, uh, have a rational basis <clears throat> we struggle I think more with uh, with elements of our tradition that uh, we have we, we uh, have difficulty uncovering what uh, at least on the first blush um, they, they don't seem to have a, a, a basis in in, in reason um, and so the, the question becomes uh, um, uh, are are they are are they reasonable, um, or are they vestiges of a uh, you know sort of a, a tribalist uh, Judaism? That's what the Reform movement uh, originally said, um, and therefore not uh, uh, not relevant, not valid uh, uh, anymore. Um, uh, or are they, uh, as some have argued, they don't have a rational basis? They are precisely because they're irrational uh, that we're commanded them uh, as a measure of our commitment. Uh, and obedience to God, uh, and still other um, uh, rabbis uh, in various uh, periods of Jewish history, and I think that our period in Jewish history is, is one in which um, these questions are, are profoundly relevant. Um, are um, are 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 looking for uh, uh, a, uh, a, a, um, a reason uh, for uh, for observing different aspects of Judaism, and if they can't uh, understand um, uh, a, a, reason, a reason to uh, perform a, a given mitzvah, they're not going to do it, um, or we're not going to do it. Um, so I think it's worth exploring what the uh, mitzvot are, and I like the language that, uh, and I brought this up a few times, the language that my teacher, uh, Rabbi Erwin Kula, um, uses in this regard. He said that every, he's quoting from Maimonides here, saying that every every mitzvah, um, whether it, uh, it it's uh, hard to determine what it is or not, um, has a toilet, has a utility. Um, it's meant to um, uh, accomplish a certain kind of uh, uh, end. Erwin uh, Kula calls it a, uh, a tool. Right? Uh, so mitzvah is a tool to get a certain kind of job done. And so if that's the case, um, then you have to ask yourself, uh, what's the job that a given mitzvah is trying to get done? Um, and uh, is it effective in getting that job done is another important question. Um, and another important question is, are there other tools that could have been developed in getting, uh, in getting a given job done? All right, so that's the question that I want us to, to have in mind, uh, again, with every mitzvah that we look at, is uh, what's the job that this mitzvah is trying to get done? Um, 
is there is it effective at getting that job done? And could there have been another tool that uh, that might do a better job um, at getting that job done? Okay. Um, <clears throat> And we've been uh, uh, using as our as our uh, diving board uh, Sefer Achinuch, which is a 13th century uh, Spanish uh, um, a work of Jewish law, still um, uh, considered uh, normative today, even in Orthodox circles. Um, uh, that uh, that that. Uh, outlines in a very concise way the requirements for every commandment in the Torah, goes through uh, each of the 613 commandments, outlines the, the requirements for every commandment in the Torah uh, and uh, then offers uh, um, the author's opinion of uh, what potentially the rationale, what he believes the rationale for that commandment is, and he goes um, uh, mitzvah by mitzvah uh, we've been going through roughly f- hewing to the weekly Torah portion, um, we're spending a few weeks on uh, what's this week's Torah portion, we spent last week on this week's Torah portion, we'll spend this week and maybe a couple more weeks, um, because there's a lot of commandments um, that have uh, um, uh, practical implications for us today the one we're going to look at today is reciting the Shema, we are commanded if you uh, um, uh, uh, recall the paragraph that we recite uh, every day. Uh, right, that these words, um, uh, these words should be on your heart. Right, you should teach them to your children. Um, uh, you should write them on the uh, uh, doorposts of your of your home. Um, uh, and uh, you should bind them on your arm as a sign uh, and between your eyes as a as, as a reminder. Um, uh, and uh, you should say them uh, you should uh, have the words of the Shema um, on your uh, although that, that paragraph is probably talking more broadly about Torah um, it's understood by the rabbis to be specifically about the Shema you should, have, you should be, recite the Shema in the morning when you wake up and at night when you go to bed and you should uh, during the course of the day you should uh, um, uh, have words of Torah on you as well so the rabbis understood that as uh, a commandment, a positive precept uh, uh, to recite the Shema uh, in the morning when you wake up and at night when you go to bed, to recite the Shema twice a day. So we have a commandment in the Torah to recite the Shema. The Shema we, we talked a little bit about last week um, as being um, a, a statement um, of, uh, of God's oneness. Um, and that's how uh, the Sefer Echinoch understands the, the, the Shema itself, the reason we re, uh, the the, 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 the uh, point of the, what the Shema is communicating um, is about God's oneness, and it is uh, in itself giving a commandment um, to believe that God is one. Okay, and so now we have another commandment that is uh, uh, to that we're obligated to uh, recite twice a day that commandment that God is one. And we talked a little bit last week about why we would be commanded to believe that God is one. We, we shared a few different possibilities. Um, I think that the relevant possibilities that the Sefer Chinook is going to talk about um, uh, uh, had to do with, uh, with, with authority of the commandments. Right? So um, if, if, God is, uh, if there are multiple gods um, and you have something like the Torah, well, how do I know if uh, anything that's written in the Torah has the uh, authority of, uh, of, of any particular god? 
Right? If there's only one God, and I believe that the Torah uh, stems from that God, uh, then uh, um, then then I know that uh, that the commandments have authority. And if I believe in in uh, the uh, uh, the dominion of that God, I therefore um, oblige myself to um, to perform the commandments. Okay, so here's what he says. Turn back to um, uh, turn on page uh, two sixty two. <clears throat> And at 262, at the, at the bottom, I'll read in the Hebrew. You can follow in the English in 263. At the, it's the last paragraph where it says, at the root of the precept. Uh, and it goes like this. Mishar mitzvah, the root of the mitzvah. Sheratza Hashem lezakot amo shekablu alehem machuto v'yichudo b'chol yom v'layla kol hayamim shem chayim. Because uh, God wants to uh, uh, merit His people that they should receive upon themselves uh, His kingship and His oneness um, in uh, every day um, and night in all the days that they're alive. Okay, so uh, the the reason for reciting the Shema day and night is to accept upon ourselves two things: one, the uh, authority of God's kingship, and two, the uh, the the belief in God's unity. Because a person is uh, is a material being, we're material boys living in material worlds, right? And girls living in material worlds. Uh, because we are a, a material boy or a girl, uh, because we're, we're material beings, we are inclined after the vanities of this world, um, and, uh, and we follow after our, uh, our desires, our lusts. We need a constant reminder, uh, reminder on all uh, fronts um, of the uh, kingship of God, of the sovereignty of God, um, to guard us from sin. So how does the sovereignty of God guard us from, uh, from, from the sins that we would uh, do if we were following after our, our material lusts? Since you don't have somebody sitting on your shoulder watching you, uh, you recite it and you wrap it and you put it on your door and you do everything else you could to make sure you don't forget it. Right, that, that's right, right? If, if, God is, if God is not material, right, right. Uh, then, uh, <laughs> then and, and we are very strongly drawn after our material urges, and the material urges in this uh, view lead us to, to sin, um, what we need is some kind of material reminders um, uh, um, of, uh, of, of, of God's authority over us, God's sovereignty over us. Um, uh, you know, we, we, we don't have a sign on our wall that says Big Brother's watching you. We don't see an angel on our shoulder, right? Uh, we, God is not visible. Um, so we, uh, we, we uh, th- through our bodies, um, in various different ways, we, uh, we acknowledge uh, um, uh, that, uh, that we are living under God's rule as a reminder that, oh yeah, right, I'm, I'm supposed to uh, obey a certain set of, uh, of, uh, of laws and, uh, and, and commandments. Alken right? So therefore, it's a, it's an aspect of uh, God's love um, that uh, uh, that uh, Excuse me. Um, it's a matter. It's an aspect of God's love that He's merited us um, with uh, with with this commandment. Right? It, got, it was a gift that God gave us uh, to to do this commandment um, uh, because otherwise we would uh, uh, we would stumble and fall. And this is God helping us not stumble and fall. 
וציוונו לזוכרו שני העיתים האלה בקבע ובכוונה גמורה. אחת ביום, להועיל לכל מעשינו שביום, כי בהיות האדם זוכר בבוקר אחדות השם ומלכותו, וכי השגחתו ויכלתו על הכל, וייתן אל ליבו כי עיניו פקוחות על כל דרכיו וכל צעדיו יספור, לא יתעלם ממנו דבר מכל דבריו. Right, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't think about that sentence being so long, so I'm going to just pause there for a second and just translate. Um, so we're, because of uh, God's love for us, God commanded us to remember twice a day, these two times a day, at specific times, at fixed times, but we have to do it with intention, right? So you can't just, uh, um, you know, um, willy-nilly um, recite the words. You actually have to believe when you're reciting the words of the Shema in what the Shema is, is, uh, is, is commanding, right? You have to have, uh, have, have uh, intentionality, right? So when you recite the Shema, um, the, the, uh, it's one of the few places in prayer um, where, um, where not only the specific time that you're supposed to say it matters, uh, but also that you believe what you're saying. And in the case of the Shema, what you're supposed to believe, um, and you're supposed to take on yourself at that moment, is I am uh, submitting myself to God's dominion. I'm submitting myself to God's authority and believing in God's unity. Um, and we're supposed to do this uh, once during the day uh, to, uh, to, have, uh, uh, to, to benefit all of our actions during the day. Uh, because uh, um, uh, because when uh, a person in the morning remembers God's unity and God's kingship, uh, then God's uh, providence or God's uh, supervision um, uh, will uh, you'll you'll feel God's supervision on everything you do during the course of the day, um, and you will place on your heart uh, that uh, that that God's eyes are uh, are are cast over everything uh, that you do. Um, and, uh, and, and everything, uh, um, uh, um, uh, and, and all your steps are, are counted. Um, in other words, right, that, that God uh, is, that Big Brother is watching you, right? Uh, so you, uh, you say it in the morning to remind yourself, okay, I'm going to be doing whatever it is I'm doing during the course of the day today, right? And I should know that, uh, that, 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 that there's an eye who sees, an eye that sees, an ear that hears, right? That all my actions are being uh, uh, supervised and taken uh, account of. Um, and nothing is hidden at all from God. No matter at all, no matter how small, is, uh, is, is hidden from God. Right? Uh, it's, it's like Santa Claus. Right? He knows when you've been sleeping, he knows when you're awake, right? he knows when you've been bad or good, uh, so you'd be good for goodness sake. Uh, right? so every morning, you know, make sure that you take on yourself that, that God is making a list and checking it twice. It is interesting theology that you can't blink that God doesn't know about it. That's right. That's right. Um, it is. It, it is uh, um, uh, interesting theology. Um, um, uh, although I, I have to say that um, um, it's very useful theology, right? right. Um, and uh, um, you know, there's a there's there's a mania that can come with that theology. Um, but there's also, I think, you know. Um, uh, what we're what we're rediscovering in our culture, where where uh, everything is seen and heard and recorded, uh, whether you want it right. to be or not, um, we're we're starting to we're starting to get a sense of uh, of uh, a palpable sense of what this theology is trying to communicate. That that there's that you know you, you you don't say or do anything unless you want it posted on a billboard or on the evening news. Think right? about what you're going to do. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
and 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 that's a that's a really big thing, right? You know, uh, the the uh, the the. Uh, um, it, it's 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 good that you know privacy is a uh, is an important thing, uh, but uh, but but um, believing that uh, whatever you do in private um, uh, has no ramifications or doesn't matter um, is uh, has the potential for some great evil, right? And uh, and so uh, so that's uh, um, uh, that so it, we according to the Sefer Chinuch we recite the Shema in the morning to remind ourselves that during the course of the day um, everything that you do is taken account of. Uh, right? Uh, nothing is. Uh, you can't conceal uh, uh, even one of your thoughts from God. Right, and so, um, uh, uh, so uh, reciting the Shema is a is a way of protecting yourself, protecting your thought, protecting your action. Um, uh, and uh, um, and and it's an acknowledgement of your mouth, right? You give it uh, you give it reality by expressing it verbally. Um, uh, that it and it protects you from what you do all day, right? I don't think that it, that it means it in the sense of you know there's some people who who uh, who are very superstitious about reciting the Shema and wearing tefillin and putting mezuzah on the door and you know bad things happen to you if you don't have mezuzahs right on your door. And I've heard you know stories of uh, you know. Um, you know, people get into a car accident and they go to, you know, um, uh, the rabbi of a denomination uh, with that I will not speak its name uh, in the polite company, uh, and they'll say, you know, you got into that car accident, did you check your mezuzah, right? And they go home and check their mezuzah, and lo and behold, their mezuzah wasn't kosher, right? Now, obviously, they got into the car accident. Or worse, and it wasn't at the quite the right, right angle. <laughs> right. You know, uh, I don't think that that's what he's saying here in terms of protection. I think what he's saying is is sort of psychological protection, um, theological protection. Right, you are uh, saying the Shema in the morning um, uh, puts on uh, ethical armor, right? Um, because it, it reminds you that uh, that uh, uh, that all your actions today matter. Everything you do counts. Uh, everything is seen. Everything is taken account of, and you are going to be held accountable for everything that you do. That's what it means to have um, a, a divine unity and a divine sovereignty. Right, so um, uh, so uh, keep that in mind during the course of the day. Ve'yelo hoda atalayla bazeh gamken lemishmar kolalayla. Right, and uh, and you and you'll have the acknowledgement of the night in the same way um, for uh, uh, protection uh, during the night. That's a little bit more uh, difficult because you're not really in so much control um, over what happens uh, to you during the night. So he, he may mean there literally um, uh, protection. Or protection of your dreams. So if you say it, if you say the Shema at night, maybe you won't have uh, bad dreams, or maybe you won't have um, dreams that reflect your uh, daytime material urges. Um, it, it could be, um, uh, but uh, um, uh, but uh, but nevertheless, it makes sense, right? If you're if you're acknowledging um, that, uh, that that God is a, a unity and has sovereignty over. All actions and all deeds, no matter how great or small, um, then, then all day long, um, including the nights, um, uh, it makes sense to uh, to to acknowledge uh, God's uh, God's uh, authority, God's dominion. Um, 
although it would it, it uh, one could argue then um, you know maybe the better time to have uh, uh, had us recite the evening Shema um, would be uh, or or the second Shema would be around Mincha time because usually in the morning and then you know check in during the day to you know as a uh, as a little uh, reminder um, uh, but uh, but. But in any event, people recite the Shema, especially today, where we do, where we, you know, uh, that before electric lights, people tended to go to bed um, um, around nightfall. Uh, so you would recite the Shema um, uh, um, close to, to when you would be going to bed. Uh, but in our time, where even even when you how do I say this that doesn't impugn the integrity of our services at Harzine? Uh, uh, even when you recite the Shema uh, closer to nightfall than sometimes happens during the summer at uh, at, uh, at at Harzine Temple uh, or at other synagogues around the country, um, uh, still people tend to stay up at least a couple hours or three hours, you know, uh, uh, past uh, that time. Uh, people stay up late, um, and so you still have actions, you still have things that you're doing uh, at night um, that uh, that that are are worthy of this kind of uh, um, I seem to recall that Art Scroll has a discussion of that, you know, they say there's nothing wrong with saying the Shema earlier, but maybe you ought to say it again later Right. Um, the the tradition does not uh, um, uh, does not um, withhold opportunities to uh, recite the Shema, right? Not only do we recite the Shema um, in our morning service, but we also recite it during Pesuket de Zimra, in case uh, um, our morning service runs a little late and we miss the, uh, the the appropriate time to say the Shema, so you've said it a little bit earlier, right? Uh, if you if you don't say Shema in the uh, in Mariv at exactly the right time, so you have the uh, the bedtime Shema, the Kriyat Shema Lamita, um, that uh, that that uh, can count as uh, uh, fulfilling your obligation. Um, uh, just, uh, just really quickly, just to go a little bit uh, further in this, um, uh, he goes on to say, now because the basis of the precept is what we have noted, um, it, namely that uh, we are um, accepting upon ourselves with, uh, with, with intentionality the, the sovereignty and unity of God, our sages of blessed memory obligated us to have the heart's attention focused on it. Right? This is something that you need to have um, a, a clear and uh, and and deep intention um, in in saying you can't um, just uh, um, by rote recite the Shema, um, and they said that if one did not focus uh, his or her attention on it, her heart on it, he did not he or she did not acquit him or herself of his or her obligation. It's it's kind of interesting because you do recite it by rote. That's actually what's called for. To recite it twice a day, you do it automatically. You don't. No, there's, so there's a difference between reciting it twice a day and doing it automatically. Well, no, but I'm, yeah. no. All I'm saying is, you've created a pattern. That's what happens, and so they recognize right away. Well, this isn't going to work just the way it's required. Right. So if it if it uh, if it were obvious, right, it wouldn't need to be said, right. And so there is a problem um, once you once you establish that you do have to do something twice a day. You run into the challenge that that people that some people are just going to you know like okay, I have this obligation, I'm going to just do it. Um, so it's saying that yes, you have to do it every day, and you have to do it certain times a day. But what you should do before you recite it. Is uh, is is pause for a moment and make sure that your head is in the right space. Um, you shouldn't jump right into it, um, uh, and uh, and it will go on and say uh, that uh, um, you know uh, you should uh, 
um, uh, uh, draw out some of the words of the Shema, um, and you should draw them out so that uh, um, uh, as long as you need to, in order to make sure that you have the right intention when you're saying the words, right? So the sages of blessed memory uh, say uh, that uh, uh, you should be lengthy drawing out the word echad, um, uh, whoever, and they say whoever lengthens, lengthens the word Echad, his days and years are lengthened for him. Um, Rabbi Acha Bar Yaakov added, this means uh, at the letter Dalit. Um, and the, 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 I meant to get to this part. The sages said there, to what extent should this lengthening of the word be? And the answer was, long enough for you to establish God in your mind as sovereign ruler in heaven and on earth, and over the four directions of the world. In other words, that you should conceive God's dominion extending over all and everything, so that nothing whatever is concealed from God, and the existence of all things is by God's desire. Right? In other words, keep on dragging out that echad, Right until you have uh, um, uh, established in your mind that uh, that that God has uh, uh, sovereignty and, and God has rule. I think it's interesting um, that it's specifically focused on uh, um, God's unity here and not necessarily God's godness. Right, so don't focus on um, the Adonai Eloheinu part of the Shema which is important, it's focused on the Adonai Echad part of the Shema. And we talked last week about uh, uh, some of the other features of, of God's unity that are, um, that are important beyond um, uh, the, uh, the authority of the commandments that, uh, that comes with it. After all, there was, someone brought up last week, a sort of like um, a circular argument that could come up um, in talking about right. You have to believe that God is one in order to uh, to uh, uh, see the authority of the commandments. But the uh, but the command but it's a commandment in the first place to believe that God is one. Right. So how do you know that that commandment that you have in the first place has authority unless you first believe that God is one, which in itself is a commandment, right? So you see that there's a circular argument. But I think that there's um, uh, uh, more to the, uh, the emphasis on the unity of God uh, than uh, just the authority of uh, the commandments. Um, and, and I think that, that he gets at it here um, in, uh, um, uh, in, in some of the uh, language that he uses of, uh, of the uh, materiality of our, of, of our lives, our, 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 uh, our, our tendency to be drawn after uh, um, material passions, um, because if, uh, if, if God is one, uh, then all of existence is one, um, and therefore um, uh, uh, some of what we are uh, drawn after um, uh, materially is uh, is um, is a distraction um, or an illusion um, uh, that is masking a, a a fundamental unity of all existence. Uh, right. So if if uh, um, uh, if, if uh, sometimes what we're drawn after materially um, uh, puts a wedge between us and other people, between us and the uh, and the natural world, between us and um, and uh, a, a greater sense of uh, um, a connection to uh, to to all being, which I think is is inherent in the notion of God being one. And so, acknowledging God's oneness um, at precisely the moment in which you're about to embark on a material day, right, um, is a uh, is is a way of uh, recentering yourself in, um, in 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 the greater scheme of what really is. Um, and uh, and I think that uh, it, that's not 
exactly what uh, the Sefer Chinuch, I think, is teaching here, but I think it's, it's a, a piece of, of, of what he's getting at, and, and, and a piece of why we focus on the oneness of God in the Shema, and that's where the intention intentionality is, and not quite as much, it's not so much about the authority, and God will, stri- will zap you if you do something wrong, um, but more about um, what it means to uh, live in, um, in a godly world. Uh, and what it, what uh, kind of lifestyle, what kind of action that entails. Yeah. I'm glad you got to this point because I was thinking that it's, I think it's an individual thing when you say the Shema and you think about the oneness of God. And for me, I get back to the attributes mm-hmm. of God mm-hmm. that we are supposed to emulate mm-hmm. in the way that we live. So we say... Then we name the uh, attributes, the 13 attributes. And that's enough to set you off in the right path. And I think that's more appealing than the idea of being account, accounted, accounting, of God's accounting our deeds if we try and live according to what we understand that God is in terms of the oneness of God. Right. I think that that's that's really uh, that that's really wise and uh, and and really on the on on point. And what it also set me off in thinking about is um, how we tend to uh, um, uh, bifurcate our um, our activities, right? So we have our religious pursuits, right? And we you know go to synagogue, you know, for a couple hours a week if you're good, right? Um, uh, and uh, if you're, if you're, if you're uh, less inclined to, uh, to religious pursuits, maybe you'll go once a year, or you'll go to a Seder or something like that. Or, we, 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 or periodically you might do something quote-unquote religious, and everything else is in the non-religious realm. And what this is saying is that, uh, that you should consider yourself to be a, a, a unity, right? All of your actions have religious significance, Right um, uh, and uh, and uh, in in uh, from the point of view of uh, of God, um, uh, um, all of your actions are uh, are um, uh, and everything you do, everything you think, every every step you take um, has uh, um, uh, matters. Um, and so and so therefore, right? Uh, it uh, um, it it behooves you not only to consider, you know, when you go to synagogue, you act in a certain kind of, you know, godly or religious way, right? Uh, that in every action you take, um, that uh, that we are um, uh, that we are supposed to infuse what we do um, with a sense of, uh, of 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 godly purpose, right? Um, yeah, Ariel. Yeah, I have to say something. It's very interesting about the materialistic part of it. Uh, my daughter went to a camp and they had uniform. And when she came back, she said, Mommy, I really love those uniforms because I didn't have to worry about anything else, just play music all day. And that's what you said about the material thing, that we, when we don't pay attention to the little small things, we can concentrate on the good one. Yeah. Of course, you can also turn this argument around the other way. What do I have to go to work for? What do I have to go in the army for? Uh, and it becomes dangerous that way. That 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 is true, right? Um, what's that? So there's a few of them around. Yeah, uh, there's a few of them. Around. Because you extend this, why do I even worry about the material world? I'm here to study this oneness. 
in everything well, I do. It's on a different level. <laughs> uh, so, but I will, but I will just add it. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a just the people that they. Yeah, that's a, people Well, no, but it, but it, but it does extend. <laughs> it does extend logically from uh, from. You're on tape. You're on. Yeah. You're on tape. <laughs> it, it does extend logically from. That's okay. Everyone in cyberspace knows how what what, what she thinks. Um, but uh, uh, but, uh, but it does extend logically in the argument. You're right. But I want to just. Uh, uh, because it's uh, Inyana de Yoma, the next uh, holiday coming up is uh, Tuba'al, um, which according to the Mishnah is a time where uh, um, uh, the young single ladies of uh, Jerusalem would uh, uh, put on white garments and go out into the vineyards and frolic, and the young single men would go out and, and, uh, and they would, you know, the singles would mingle and they would uh, uh, select spouses for themselves. Um, but the Mishnah points out two really important factors in that, ri- in that ritual, and I think that are worth us thinking about and celebrating this coming Tuba'av, which is in just a few days, uh, five days, I guess, from now, and Monday, I think, is Tuba'av. Um, so, uh, which is, the first is that the women of Jerusalem um, would who put on these uh, white uh, garments. Um, the Mishnah goes out of the way to say that they, were bar- they had to be borrowed garments. Why? So as not to, uh, to uh, embarrass anybody who couldn't afford a new nice white dress. So everybody from rich to poor had to borrow a white dress from each other. Um, the, the, the second, right, it was a uniform, and, uh, and, and everybody had uh, access to that uniform to not make anybody feel, else feel bad. Uh, and the second is uh, that uh, um, the, the men were warned, and it's unclear who was doing the warning to the men. The, the Mishnah uses the word omrot, which says, implies that the women are saying this to the men, um, uh, but anyways, the men were warned um, not to uh, be um, uh, distracted by the uh, by the beauty of, uh, of 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 any given woman that they were trying to pursue, but to look deeper, look at her values, look at her upbringing, look how she was raised, uh, because of the line from Proverbs: "Sheker achen vehevel yofi ishai yiratza donai tital." That doesn't mean that doesn't mean you go out of your way to, to that doesn't mean that that uh, that that, that uh, beauty is irrelevant. It doesn't mean. Uh, uh, that uh, that that there are no beautiful women who have good values. Um, I think my wife is one of them. Uh, but uh, um, uh, but uh, uh, but nevertheless, what, it, what it's saying is, I got it. In. I got it. In. Uh, we have this we have this ongoing joke about Aisha Chow because we recited on on uh, on Fridays and we get to that line. She's like, "Thanks for calling me ugly," right? And, uh, um, uh, but uh, uh, so for the record, uh, my wife is one that has both beauty and values. Uh, but uh, but in any event, right? What it's saying is, you know, uh, don't be don't be distracted. Um, don't think that the material is all the, all that there is and all that's relevant. Right? What's what's uh, what's what's more relevant than the material um, is uh, is is uh, what are the what are the um, what are the values you embody? What are the actions you take? What is the code that you live by? Um, uh, that's what uh, what we're being uh, encouraged to focus on, and I think that that is what the Shema is offering us uh, too, in, in much that same way. Um, uh, don't be don't be uh, misled, right? We say it at the end of the Shabbat, Lo tatur enechem, right? Don't be, um, don't be led astray by your eyes, right? Um, and and, uh, and and that's what you have here too, right? Don't um, don't be uh, uh, led astray by your uh, by your uh, um, uh, material pursuits. Um, uh, uh, focus during the day. Um, uh, be conscious during the day on what on what really matters, on what you do that really matters, and on who you are that really matters. And we'll stop the recording there, but I'm happy to continue the conversation. Have a great day.